Welcome to We Fish ASA. My name is Steve Surly, and I'm here with Dave Brands. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, especially St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a lot of products and fit your fishing lifestyle and fashion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. We certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast every week. Available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out our website. You can get the show there. The website is wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced by Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida. Our executive producer is Mr. Brad Nearman. Had the opportunity of uh, visiting with Brad Nearman, his wife Olivia, and their one-year-old son, Maximus. What a cool kid. They made a quick trip up to Chicago, and uh, I got to hook up with them. I love those guys. What a magnificent family. Keep it up, guys. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Dave Kranz will visit with Rick Badalini from Yellowbird. They make planer boards. Let's talk about planer boards, something we've never mentioned before. I think it's really interesting, and it's a great tool for your arsenal. I'll get to visit with Kyle Welcher. He's the hottest young stick on any of the pro circuits. He's a Bassmaster Elite Angler, and he's really close to being able to claim the Angler of the Year for 2023. Let's talk to Kyle about the AOY chase and what his odds are of pulling that thing off. But first, let me hand off to Dave Kranz. Take it away, Dave. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. And this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So topic today is batteries. You guys that aren't don't have a boat, don't have to rig a boat. Um, someday you might. And so this is probably good information for you to listen to. Lithium versus lead acid batteries. And uh, it's a good topic, isn't it, Dan? It, it, you know, of all of the changes that I've made in my fishing life, this is one of the best ones I've ever made. And it's twofold. I, I, I ran lead acid for my trolling motors, obviously 36 volt. Um, so I had three of them back there. Um, and then I had the big AGM. 31 um you know so it, it was a lot of weight i was dealing with some they worked really well no question about it uh they worked really well i take care of my batteries really well um and so forth but i tell you I, I made the change this year i went with dakota lithium um there's two two things i did dave uh that was it's literally uh turned my whole management power management system boat performance everything completely upside down in a good way i went to code lithium 36 volts so i got rid of three 12 volt lead acids for one battery so i cut my weight way this battery's under 50 pounds for one and then I went with a 12 volt uh, 100 amp designated lithium Dakota lithium for my graphs yep and ran 10 gauge wired everything um home run to, to my batteries individually still run the 31 agm 
for my Yamaha 250 because Yamaha doesn't recommend lithium for that. Only reason I didn't do it, but here's what it did. They charge faster. My power is cleaner. Um, it is my graphs work better with beyond the shadow of a doubt. My trolling motor is running full speed, sun up to sundown, because that's the way lithium rolls. It doesn't bleed down. It basically is full power till it's done. Unbelievable. Then I went with power pull charge which is a system that smart charges when every time I crank my 250 over, it's charging my trolling motor battery. And I tell you, it's been, they're, they're expensive, no question, but the, the batteries have an 11 year warranty on them up to 2,500, 3000 charge cycles. So it's been, I don't like the word game changing cause it's overused, but this was for me beyond the shadow of a doubt. I'll never go back. Yeah, this is one of those things that you and I have talked over the years, uh, the decades, about what's going to be next, what's coming out that's uh, different, better, you know, change the game of how we play, and and it is one of the things, and, and I still am running lead-acid batteries. I also use the, the uh, PowerPole charging system. It is the best charging system out there. I, I firmly believe that um, because uh, it does the right thing, but that doesn't stop you from having to do the proper maintenance on those batteries, which is making sure you charge them and bring them up every day that you use them. Yeah, you do. I'm not sure that's quite as important with lithium. And that's another advantage. Um, I can let mine sit from, first of all, I'm getting two full days out of them, which is just freak show compared to what I'm used to yep. without even charging. And then secondly, I'm not concerned about not topping that thing off all the time. Obviously, I leave my power pole charge plugged in 24-7, but my actual trolling motor, I mean, sorry, my graph-designated lithium is on a separate charger that Dakota sets with you when you buy a battery. Yeah. So, you know, but I, I, here's here's the thing. The, the reduced weight, I, I haven't really done a calculation, but if you pull three lead, you pull four lead acids out, and replace it with two batteries that are half the weight of lead, lead acids to begin with, yeah. you could do the math. Yep. And I'm drafting shallower water. My boat's running faster. Granted, I've heard some people that say their performance actually declines because of an imbalance, but I carry so much tackle. <laughs> I run a Ranger 521, and seriously, I, I'm running so much tackle in my tackle storage that I didn't even miss a beat. If anything, I picked up speed. Right. So it's it's been a it's been a a, a a true blessing and the powerful charge. It's got the Seamonster app, so you can research everything on your phone. It's right there, and they've got they have the uh, the little module you can hook up to your graph, and it can show you all your performance. But lithium is expensive. There's no question. Uh, but my personal experience, having run both now, is it's uh, it's superior in a lot of ways. And and like I said, I'm not going back. It's just really really worked well. Yeah, I have heard uh, some guys uh, talk about the weight difference in behind the console, behind the seats, and they say it's similar to when you have your live wells full of fish and you know forty gallons of water back there plus the fish. Um, it's it's kind of like that, like they they they're almost running them empty compared to uh, having them full. So that probably is a good balancing factor too. If you got your live wells full and you're running fish back in. 100%. That's what a lot of guys are doing. Matter of fact, the guys that are getting imbalance issues by going lithium because they cut so much weight, some guys are filling their live wells to, to counter that all the time. Yep. You know, and, and, and I get that. I just didn't have to do it. For whatever reason, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be fighting this thing and I'm going to be looking at props and all because I knew I wanted to do it for all the reasons I just listed. But man, my boat's running like a champ, running better than it ever has. And that would hurt these in there. So. 
No, it's been a great move. Um, I think it's one. And what, what's exciting to me is, you know, that many charge cycles. You look at how many times. I mean, we fish as much as we possibly can, but you know, up to three thousand charge cycles. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, how that, many years, years is that going to take? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, and, and that's one thing. I I, I kind of got tired of getting down on a trip. I'm down at Lake of the Ozarks. I got battery goes out. You know, you run to Walmart, grab an EverStart, and they're fine. They they work great. Yeah. But I just kind of wanted to get past that. Plus the uh, the clean the cleanliness of the power. Think about lithium. It runs full out until it's dead. So it I've never in my fishing have i ever been towards the end of a long long day and having my trolling motor not only run stronger than it ever has but it's full speed at the end of the day just like it is at the beginning it's almost it's almost surreal yep that you don't have that 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 pause in power or whatever um but yeah no that's it's a good thing uh to see what's new um it's it's uh always interesting to see what what comes out and you wonder always what's the next thing whether it's in batteries or whether it's in uh, trolling motors or or tackle or or whatever and, and this is one of those things that i think a lot of people would like to try but the cost is prohibitive for for them uh possibly but it i do you think these will come down as they get more popular in price yeah, I have no idea. It's hard to say, you know, supply chains and supply and demand and cost of raw materials. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. But I think to your original point, we're living in great times. I mean, Dave, you, you and I have in our fishing careers have experienced side imaging, forward facing, 360, lithium batteries, power pole charge, all of these milestone technologies have come out while we've been fishing and it you know you go back in the 80s we had none of that stuff and lord knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years that's what's exciting yeah where they're going to go with raptor versus power pole and uh side imaging and all these things where are they going to go from here and forward facing you have to believe is is really just kind of scratching the surface on where that's going to go yeah and and since with batteries everything that's associated with power poles and spot lock holy smokes those two things could, could you could you you know i i can't live without them i gotta have both of those for shallow water anchoring and for for deep water it's just uh there's so many you know whatever brand you use you, you need that technology well you do and you, like you said i don't know i just had put new uh pumps in my uh power poles just this year and um they've been great um in terms of the service side and all that but what i noticed when i didn't have them hooked up for two weeks i'm like what did i, I was i was gonna grab my oar out of my rod locker and pound it into the mud and tie a rope around it I'm, I'm kidding when i say that but it's like how what did i do without these yep. I mean, I'm, I'm probably on my power poles as much as anything in a fishing day because i live seven foot of water and shallower that's just where i fish and i'm putting those things down all the time and how many fish are responsible from not blowing your trolling motor out or having the wind blow you on top of them because you're trying to unhook one yep and and i had a, a couple guide trips this last week and uh, the both clients said you could never have a boat without these you use them a lot don't you i said i I don't even think about it. I use them in tournaments. I use them in fun fishing. I use them in guide trips. It's uh, It allows me to fish the way I like to fish, slow and effective. If it's worth fishing, it's worth fishing well. The technology helps you to do that. And uh, I see so many people, they just work way too fast. And 
I guess sometimes it's not their fault. If they don't have spot lock and they don't have power poles, you have to do something different. We all did it. And you get your, it's like flipping a beaver dam is a classic example. You've got the wind blowing into it and you catch one and it's two foot deep. And by the time you get that thing unhooked, you get on your trolling motor and you turn it around and you blow all that black silt back into the dam. And granted, you can still catch them. I mean, I think they're used to commotion around those things, but nothing like, and here's another thing. Your boat's 22 foot long. Those things are going back away from your engine. So where those, and you're 10, 15 foot away from your target when you're flipping it. So those things are probably 35 to 40 feet away from the target at least. Yep. So you're not spooking them. That's the thing. It's not like an anchor you're dropping off the bow. Uh, they're, they're sticking you up behind your boat. You've got one of these big bass boats, and it's it's lethal, and it's really effective. A lot of times, Dave, in reeds, I'll, I'll pull them up only about a foot. I don't take them all the way up because I don't like all the noise of them going up and down. Yep. So I'll lift it up just a little bit, glide 30 feet, and drop them again. Lift them a little bit and glide and drop them again. So th- there's a lot of ways to use them, but yeah, that's that's just one technology. I mean, you talked about spot lock and now lithium and powerful charge. I, I am here to tell you that that is absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> and you combine that with lithium now with all the electronics that we have. It's I think we're we're finally home. It's pretty cool. It is very cool, and it's always cool to have Dan Johnston on the We Fish ASA podcast. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, Dave, take care. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnson. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say every guest that I have on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is owner of Yellowbird. Welcome, Rick Badalini. Good to be here, Dave. Excellent, Thank you for excellent. The opportunity. So, uh, 
across the country. We, we reach all over the place. Tell people what uh, Yellowbird does. Tell them a little bit about your products and, uh, and uh, what you have to offer. Well, I'm the fifth owner of Yellowbird Fishing Products, and we've had the business for 13 years now. Uh, we purchased it in 2010 from Bob and Mary Shirley. Um, for those in the Illinois area, you'll remember the Ed Shirley Sporting Goods Stores. And um, Bob was the son. And uh, he acquired uh, Yellowbird, amongst other things. And um, he was ailing, and he um, had to sell this uh, the Yellowbird. And we took it over, and we have revamped the whole company. And we've changed packaging and and uh, the products, and we've turned them over, and we we have done a, hopefully an amazing job. Um, we're having our best year this year uh, out of the all 13 years that we have. We're ramping up; more people are buying our products. Um, I think more people are fishing out there. But um, Yellowbird encompasses Yellowbird planer boards, which we invented back in the 1970s. We have the Prescott Spinner Rigs, which goes back to 1893. Um, we invented that in uh, Prescott, Wisconsin. Uh, we have the KB Spoon and the Dr. Spoon, which goes back to 1929. Um, we are the number one spoon up in Canada uh, for that reason, for pike, muskie, lake trout, walleye. Um, we're just killing them up there in Canada, which has been fantastic. And then we have a new line of products that is reaching the bass market. We have crankbaits and jerkbaits, and um, we have um, we have jigs, and uh, we have bar marabou jigs right now. So we're always expanding our line. Uh, we're coming up with new features and functions on everything that we have, and uh, we're going strong. Um, it seems like there's more and more people utilizing our planer boards every day, whether it's the 5-inch board, the 8-inch board, the 10-inch board, the 12-inch board. Um, this coming fall, we'll have uh, two packs to offer uh, with a couple new features. Um, so we're including a lot of features with our boards, which makes them the most featured board, the most economical board, and, again, the original board that was out there. Um, the Doctor and KB Spoons are killing them from little panfish on up to... Uh, big monster muskies and, and uh, 50 plus inch pike. So um, we're just having a banner year. Um, seems more and more people are coming back to the spoon um, and having some successes uh, either with the flash or the wobble. And it's just something different than what's uh, been out there for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. So yeah. Things I, have been great. That That is good to hear. And, and were the boards originally uh, developed for the salmon market, but the walleye uh, market started using them or vice versa? Yeah, what happened is um, um, two gentlemen, they were both charter, well, one was a charter captain and one was a creator and a, and a friend. And um, it was out of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And um, how it originated, which is kind of weird, is that something happened to this guy's boat. This is the story I'm getting, so or I've gotten, mm -hmm. is that he went down there to go look at a prop or he looked at the bottom of the boat, some reason, and he noticed that they were still trolling because he wanted to see the, the motor going and stuff. So he kind of hung on and, 
went down below and took a look, and he saw that the fish, as they're passing by, were being scattered and pushed to the side. Um, so he had this great idea. He goes, oh, we got to get our baits out to the side of the boat. And so they went to, to the drawing board trying to think of what to do, and they cut it out of wood. And they tried this big block of wood in the water. And it was great for like the first two hours, right? Then yeah. all of a sudden it got waterlogged. <laughs> and it started sinking. You know, by the afternoon it was just like, oh, we got to come up with something different. Well, people's styrofoam lids or part of their um, bait boxes would, you know, fall into the water and just float. And they're like, oh, we need to make our stuff out of styrofoam. Yeah. And that's what they basically did. So the first planer boards back in the 1970s were made out of styrofoam. And that was it. And it was for the salmon markets, for the Great Lakes, um, especially Lake Michigan, because they were in Sheboygan. So, yeah. And then, and then he was a, um, uh, Eddie Vassilis was the charter captain. And Ken Stagemeyer was the, was the creator and, and the friend. And uh, in their garage, they, you know, came up with this uh, planer board and they just, went nuts with it and and people followed suit so you know at that time i think for about 10 years yellowbird was the only planer board on the market you know and then you, there's competition so you know everybody's got their own version but um we're the originals and now we've changed everything to plastic um to accommodate the walleye and the catfish market and the striper markets and you know we're just seeing more and more people utilizing planer boards to get their baits away from their boat or um, a bigger market has been the shoreline fishermen, which just blew me away. Um, I know one of our uh, um, Southwick industries was doing a, um, uh, some research and they, and this, this, this blew my mind. They said that 68% of fishermen fish from the shoreline versus 39% or 35% from the, from a boat. Yeah. I thought, I, I would have thought it was, was the opposite. So that kind of blew me away. So we've kind of changed our marketing to gear towards the shoreline fishermen and it's paying off and the benefits are there with our little five inch and even our eight inch boards. Um, so, um, it's bringing their baits out with the current and they're going to places where they can cast, um, and hopefully hit that spot. Or they can pinpoint that spot and leave that board right there and make sure that, uh, you know, they get a strike and stuff. So it, it's been really wonderful. Sure. Learning how to use current is a, is a gift and a, and a, and a technique that um, can really um, help shore anglers put more fish in the boat. And uh, on the, the walleye end of things, I think, uh, you know, in the heyday of walleye, it wasn't all trolling and and uh, there was a more casting, and now we've come back to a mix of both. But with with the different levels and sizes of boards, you can actually hit different water. How far out you are from the boat, how far back, how, you know. So, so there's there's a lot of advantages to using a, a, a planer board. Well, you have the different depths as well, you know. And you know, so during the year, you know, these fish are at different depths, and so you know, with the bigger board, you can go really deep. You know, I know when if the charter captains, you know, the the cohos in the early season, you know, are up at the upper column. Yeah. You know, so our eight inch boards are very popular. And as the summer goes along, you know, they'll go into the ten inch boards because they're going a little deeper. 
and then the 12 inch boards are losing the lead core lines and and um the copper lines and so they're going really deep so you you know you only got the size of the uh the heaviness of the line but you have the baits that are having to go down deeper um as well so um the different size boards make a big difference and um you know some people don't want to put forth that money but there is an advantage of it when you do absolutely and and like you said the spoons i I have a tackle store in northern illinois and i get asked for spoons more than ever i think because the bass market's using them the pike market is using the the salmon market is using it and and many times the uh uh the bass market didn't use those bigger spoons in open water like they do today for spots and smallies and largemouth and um you know even on some of the inland lakes here in the in the Midwest that have some in Wisconsin have lake trout and so there's pike everywhere so and like you said number one spoon in Canada and and that market you said also continues to grow it's amazing well you know with the pandemic you know it stopped everybody from going up there so everybody all of a sudden got the urge that they after they opened it up it's like oh we got to get up there um you know and some people are taking two and three four trips you know, because they don't know if that's going to be taken away from them again. So, um, you know, you have all these five-star, four-star, three-star resorts that are just, they're just loaded with people now. I mean, it, it's, they're, they're booked solid throughout the whole year, which always hasn't been the case. So um, they're taking advantage of it as well. But, you know, the spoon, you know, probably about 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, that was the bait of choice. You know, you didn't have all these rubber baits or plastic baits out there, you know, with the competition. And that was it. But the spoon has been so versatile, just like you're saying, you're going from panfish to bass to, to stripers, to, to salmon, to, to northerns, to muskies, to, to catfish. I mean, it just it catches everything, all species. And sometimes it gets overlooked. Um, so we're starting to see that resurgence. Now, the Dr. Spoon has eight different sizes and 50, almost 60 colors to choose from now. Yeah. You know, with different finishes, you know, ultraviolets and premium series. Um, we have, you know, just the original series and, and the casting series, which is a little thicker. Um, so we, and we have a um, uh, Dr. Ice series, you know, um, for panfish and for ice fishing and stuff. So um, we've tried to really catch the market and try to utilize what we have and what we feel is a great product and offer it in different styles and sizes and different colors. And it seems to be working out because we are having our best year um, in the 13 years that we've been in business here um, since I have taken it over. So um, it's just been outstanding. That is awesome. Uh, Rick, appreciate you uh, telling us about Yellowbird. And uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time we have you on. Uh, thanks for your time and uh, continue to have a great season. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And we appreciate everything you and Steve do for the industry. Um, without people like yourself, you know, we would be silent. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Rick. That was Rick Badalini from Yellowbird, owner of Yellowbird. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back.
The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. We Fish ASA is back. I'm Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. Got a guest I'm really excited to be talking to. He is uh, one of the hot young sticks in professional fishing. Man, oh man, he, when he started fishing professionally, he hit the gate coming out really hard. Uh, he's had nothing but success, and he's on the cusp of huge success. We're going to talk about his leading the league in the uh, Angler of the Year race, which you know I think is the coolest thing around, the most competitive thing you can get involved with is AOY. Uh, this guy's no stranger to winning. Please welcome Kyle Welcher. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing great, you know, trying to get stuff ready to go to the northern swing and Every day we're working, getting a little bit closer, and I'm looking forward to getting the season back started. I realize we don't have any control over Mother Nature, and Mother Nature has more control over fishing than anything else. But wouldn't it be nice not to have to do the northern swing one, two, three in a row, instead do north-south, north-south? What do you think about that? I think it'd be really cool and a lot more like <clears throat> diverse because a lot of times – if we stream together in the south, a lot of times they're on the same kind of patterns. And then we go to the north for three in a row. Then they're kind of on the same kind of patterns from lake to lake to lake. So it's like if you figure them out on one, it'll sometimes overlap into the all three. So it would be a more of a puzzle and a lot more interesting. But it'd be a whole lot more driving if we had to drive up <laughs> there two or three different times a year. Oh, man. You know, uh, I said when I said I threw out that idea about north, south, north, south, and you agreed with me. I said, I'm going to ask this uh, young man one of my other favorite questions and see if he'll uh, agree with me again. But I, I think you just gave me a hint that we're going to get an argument because I'd, I'd love to see them go out to Clear Lake in California for an event one time. I, I would love it. 
Like, and I'm all for it. Like, I want there to be 15 or 20 Elite Series tournaments a year. Like, I want to fish a tournament every week. Like, I, I'm just ate up with it. And I, I would love to go out there to California. I don't know why we don't um, go to more places. There's giant cities that have lakes around them that don't even know professional bass fishing's a thing. You know, and anytime you go out there like that, it just brings more eyes on the sport in places where people don't really. In Alabama, everybody knows about it. And we have two or three tournaments a year in Alabama. So I think it'd be great for the sport to uh, to expand and show that there's some legitimacy to it in these places where they don't see it all the time. That's a good point. That is a real good point. And, and you know, there there are some great lakes on the West Coast, and there's some uh, tournament trails that are West Coast exclusive that have some great prizes and great anglers. And unless somebody breaks the mold and they move east, uh, which we've seen happen so many times, take a... Uh, uh, Ish Monroe or a Skeet Reese, and they take Martins. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. They take take your skills off of California, come east, and they come in and put uh, put a beating on everybody, and then everybody looks at it. it. It's it's just too bad. It's it's too far because that's the one thing I hear from everybody is it's just it's just too much of a drive, and uh, I, I I understand that, but that uh, maybe you juice the purse up a little bit to cover that, and uh, everybody'd buy in. Or, like, it would be worth it to go out there for four tournaments, you know? Sure. But maybe not for one or two. But if we had a, if we had a whole series that maybe started in, like, we could go to Texas and then Arizona, a couple in California. You know, like, you, you could make it actually a stop, kind of more like NASCAR, where, where it's like a, it's like actually a, a tour. You're not, you're not running home after every single tournament. Right, I'd right. Be, I'd be all for it. Well, you know, you're you're doing three in a row up north. Uh, you've got uh, uh, what the heck are they? I'm looking right now. I'm so prepared. Uh, I'm off. We got St. Clair, Champlain, and then St. Lawrence River. And there's no way to, for you to stay up north for all three of those. No, I won't. Um, because St. Clair is kind of like ten hours from Champlain or eleven hours from Champlain, and St. Clair is twelve hours from my house. And we got like two or three weeks in the middle, so I'll probably come home after St. Clair. And then I'll, obviously I'll stay up there for Champlain and St. Lawrence because they're back-to-back weeks. Does, does your wife, uh, I believe her name is Hunter, does she do the tournaments with you? Yeah, she travels with me. She actually does um, all our social media. She films, she edits, she posts, she keeps me in line, uh, makes sure fishing license and everything's taken care of. Well, I, hotel, all that type of stuff. I, I enjoy looking at your video because I really like her input. Uh, it's obvious she's a huge part of the Kyle Welcher Corporation with what she does, but th- that young lady can do a little bit of fishing, can't she? Oh, she's good. She's really good. Like It's actually got to where now, whenever we pull up to the local tournaments, People are more scared of her than they are of me. It seems like so. Every time, every time we pull up, they make comments about her fishing and what she's got tied on. I'm like, hey man, like I'm right here too, you know. Oh, it's good. It's it's interesting to watch her input to you because she knows exactly what's going on and what you're doing. And I mean, she she's just not handling the camera. She's a major part of you. And and she's really good at being objective. So being a professional angler. A lot of times we glance over things that we think everybody knows, but everybody does not know. So whenever we're talking about a rod, reel, a line, stuff like that, a lot of it's second nature to people who do it every day, but it's not second nature to people who are learning. 
So she's really good at knowing whenever I shortcut and didn't go into a small detail that people want to know. And she's really good at knowing what people want to want to hear. That's very good. That is, that is very good. It's nice. It's nice to have a partner like that. Uh, I find that the most successful guys are the ones who have people they can work with. And I think it's nice to be able to work with your wife instead of say, have a consultant or a, or a person like that. And she's a true partner in, in, in your enterprise. Yeah, she definitely, I'm very, very lucky that she has stepped up and been so involved. Talk about, talk about a couple of things here uh, that I found amazing. I was looking up, looking you up, saw a couple of interviews and uh, you had been, you were, you went to nursing school, right? So I didn't actually go to the actual nursing school, but I did all of my prereqs yeah. and then I applied for nursing school and I didn't actually take my spot in nursing school. I never, I applied, I got accepted and I didn't take the spot and I decided to take another route. So yeah, I that, almost went to nursing school. I got accepted, but I didn't get it. That's a great profession and, and very admirable. And I, I congratulate you for trying. Uh, and you, you, you went, you, you went down a, a completely different path once you changed your mind and, and you, you worked as a, you worked as a, a professional gambler. Is that right? Yes. I played poker all over the country. I've been out to California driving. I was, I was driving way before I was towing a boat, you know, driving around casino to casino, South Florida, California, Vegas, everywhere in between. And I, I loved it, you know? That is absolutely amazing. Uh, do many of the guys uh, on tour play cards? Yeah, there's there's quite a few of them that actually uh, play poker. Like, there's a lot of them that have home games at their house. I know a few of them that will actually go to casinos and play. Every time I go to a writer's conference almost every year for some of my sponsors, and we have a poker tournament every time, every year. And I've played it twice. And I have not won it yet, so they're starting to get a little skeptical about my poker ability. So I'm gonna have to win the next. Oh, who's who's the, who's the best poker player that you've encountered on the tour? <clears throat> you, you know, surprisingly, it's usually the media. It's usually not the fishermen. So whenever we're at the writers' conference, the, the media will play also, and almost every single time it's the media. And then Mike McClellan is pretty solid. Mike I, McClellan's pretty solid. I've heard and, and a good guy. I've heard I've heard that and. Uh, Hey, why why not the media? Because uh, when it comes down to it, they might as well be good at something. Because we we don't fish all that good, you know. Well, I think they play poker a little more than they than they admit to. Because I feel like they're they, they're trying to hustle me back a little bit. There's a <laughs> there, there's a there's a walleye guy named Ted Takasaki. He's a good friend, and uh, uh, he's uh, skipped. Uh, he's lightened his tournament load. Because of conflicts with uh, professional poker, and he's been winning a lot of money. And they had this uh, NPAA conference, National Professional Anglers Association conference. And uh, one night they they opened set up a poker room, and everybody plays. And shoot, the last time they were there, uh, they couldn't get people to play because nobody wanted to play if Ted was there. And that was what it was. So, you know, what you need to teach them a lesson, and then they can start canceling those games because Kyle's there. Right. Well, ours, the first year we did it, it was a charity for Aaron Martins whenever he was he was battling cancer. So everybody donated money, then they played. So ours is a little more lighthearted, and people just play just because it's there. But, uh, yeah, I need to – I definitely need to skin them up one time and make them – put some fear into them. Yeah, very good. It says your uh, your home water is uh, the Chattahoochee River. 
you know, I grew up 15 minutes from the Chattahoochee River. Very, very lucky. I didn't grow up close to the bigger lakes on the Chattahoochee. I grew up close to some of the smaller ones, but that's where I feel the most at home. You, you been fishing with Alan Jackson by chance? No. <laughs> hey, I'm waiting on that call anytime because it's hot right now. You 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 got you got to make that call, man. I can't imagine that would be the coolest thing fishing on the Chattahoochee with Alan Jackson. Oh man, that would be fun. And he he seems like a great guy. I'll tell you. Yeah, he does. He actually played a few concerts really close to me since I've been old enough. I've known some. I've known of him playing on Lake Martin a couple times and around me a few times. He's actually played some concerts, so I guess he's in the area decently often. So I might need to try to orchestrate that. Hey, Alan, if you're listening, we got a fishing partner for you on the Chattahoochee. He is <laughs> he is Kyle Welcher. And you know, you've only been doing this for four years. You just turned thirty earlier this year. Yep. Uh, you've got a. a, a a winning uh, total of dollar amount of three hundred fifty nine thousand dollars in four years. That's eighty five grand a year for four years. Starting out, that's damn good. Uh, take into account that that you're you're making that kind of money in prize money. There's also other income and uh, sponsorships and stuff like that. And I say you got a really nice base for a guy that's only been in this four years. I talk to people who've been in this four years and they're trying to decide whether it's worth moving forward or not. You don't even think about that, I bet. No, I don't. And I, I'm, I'm super, super fortunate to, uh, for a lot of my partners and sponsors that have, you know, came on board. You know, whenever you're being a professional angler, you're not, you never want to base anything. You don't want to base your bills, your home life, nothing around tournament winnings. Because one year you might win 40, the next year you might win 120, and you just never know exactly how it's going to play out. So been super fortunate to have really a solid base of, really good sponsors to work with and i've also been really lucky and you know had some really good ones that are willing to step up and pay a decent amount so i have a, i've been super super blessed it's going way better than i even thought it would have like whenever i started the elites i can't i couldn't even imagine that it would have went as well as it has you know because you just never expect it to go that well oh oh i agree with you i agree with you and uh, you're very good and you're very humble and uh I'm liking you more and more the longer we're on this interview together. But I need to take a quick break, let our sponsors have a word. When we come back, I want to ask you about your sponsors. I want to ask you about your opinion of what's coming up in these last three events uh, and whether you can snag that Angler of the Year again. Folks, this is Steve Sarley. You're listening to We Fish ASA. I am here with Kyle Walcher. He is darn good, and he's going to give us some fishing tips when we come back right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of bait. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. 
Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. We Fish ASA is back. I'm Steve Sarley. I am here with elite fisherman Kyle Walcher. Welcome back to everybody. Welcome back to you too, Kyle. Yep, th thank you for having me on today. It's been it's been a fun conversation so far. We're about to get into the nitty-gritty, it sounds like. Oh, no, 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 no. If you, if you think you're going to finish this and have, you know, bus marks over you because I threw you under, I don't think that's going to happen. You sound way too <laughs> sharp and, and, and uh, too honest to do that. It's a tough. It's a tough business. The travel is tough. Uh, it's nice that your your wife accompanies you accompanies uh, you on these things because that's a. It, it's nice to have somebody with you and always being in the truck alone and then looking for somebody to room with uh, uh, and staying in bad hotels and eating in waffle houses all the time. I'm sure you don't get away with that. Uh, with, with her with you, she, does she keep you on the straight and narrow with that? Tell you, hey, you know what? You need to be eating better. You need to do something. Take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's one thing that I started doing. You know, when I first started playing poker, is after I, so when I, whenever you're 21, 22, you can get away with eating whatever you want, and then you you still feel sharp, you feel good, you feel light on your feet. It, you don't have to get much older than that for it to really start telling you, telling on you about your diet. So we are extremely conscious of what we eat on the road and making sure, like when when we get into a town, we try to get a plan for what restaurants we're going to go to. If, if there's no restaurants, you can get anything that's healthy, you know, quick. Then we have to go to the store and buy food and plan out. So that's one of the major things that we plan out every single time is food because you can't eat a lot of fried food and then wake up in the morning and go fish for 15 hours and expect to feel good after two or three days of it. So we really are very, very conscious of the food. That's a good point. Nice to hear that. It really is nice to hear that. Um, wow. I'm impressed. Very impressed. Uh, you got, you're talking about Angler of the Year. Uh, you finished in 10th place in 2020 at a very early age, and, and you're sitting in first right now. I don't want to don't want to uh, jinx you, and it doesn't matter the size of the – no lead is too big uh, to say, hey, you've got this thing just about locked up. Can't say that, that, uh, that that's the truth. It's going to be a battle all the way down to the end. But what do you think about these last three events? What do you need to do approaching this to, to get this AOY under your belt? So the only thing that I ever focus on in fishing is staying productive on the water and making good decisions. You know, even I don't fixate on losing fish or anything like that because you're not going to land them all. The only thing that I fixate on is making the best decisions I can make at the time with the information that I have on hand. You know, you can't go back after a tournament and say, I shouldn't have made that decision because hindsight's always twenty twenty. But course. if you're on the water and you think that something is the right move and you have a certain amount of information before you go to a spot, 
I never judge myself off of that. Just because you go to the spot, you don't end up catching them. You can't say, hey, that was a bad move because the information you had before you made the decision is all you had to go on. So all I think about is going up north in the next three tournaments with the same mindset I have every time, stay productive, set the hook as many times as I possibly can, and then make good decisions on the water, be as prepared as possible with the rod, the reel, the line, the techniques, the baits, everything like that. Just be as prepared as possible and then make good decisions. And it seems like when that's happening, good things, you know, happen. But as far as being in the lead on AOI, it's a small lead. I've got to go up there, and whoever's going to win it has to go have three really, really good finishes in the next three. So it's a nine-tournament season. After three, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, after six, I'm happy with where I am. But I still have to go get a bunch more points to close this thing out, and that's going to take three really good finishes. I, I agree, and you're looking at it well, and you've got that figured out. And Talking about uh, approaching the water and making this, the decisions, is it just for elite anglers, uh, fishing for angler of the year? I think what you're saying can apply to the weekend anglers that go out to the local lake on a Saturday. Uh, they, they haul their rig out there and go in there, and uh, you're not fishing for $100,000, but you're fishing to catch fish, and I think you've got to approach it the same way you're talking about approaching uh, these lakes that you're trying to win an AOI on. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, I fish way more tournaments at home in a year than I do on the elites because on the elites we only have nine plus the classic if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to make it or, or, you know, do well enough to make it. I fish way more tournaments at home, and it's, it's the same exact thing every single time. The tournaments where I do bad, I have major lulls throughout the day, and that's why one of my main things is stay productive on the water and what that means is keep generating bites, like just keep generating bites. You can't say you're going to go fish for big ones and then go get no bites for four hours because you never had a chance of catching a big one if you got zero bites. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's why I always say stay productive because my tough days have major, major lulls in them. And in my good days, I seem to catch them, you know, pretty consistently throughout the day. I may have a 45-minute lull, then I'm making a judgment uh, adjustment and start catching them again. So. That's why my big thing is just stay productive and make good decisions. Very, very good. Really good stuff. Uh, what kind of boat are you running? I'm running a Cayman CX-20. You know, I like I like a little bit shorter of a boat because I'm, I guess, younger, and I like to go fast and drive it. Like, it rides like a, you know, it's on, you know, rails. Like, it's got, it's on a train track. It just turns and cuts, and it's really fun to drive. But in these next three, you know, a 20-foot boat, Maybe a little bit, you know, you, you want to have a 21 or 22 footer up there on those big giant Great Lakes. But, you know, yeah. I, I ran the same boat last year and it handled very, very well in the big water. So I'm, I'm happy about getting up there. On that big water, do you wish they would uh, bump up that uh, 250 horse limit? Well, I, can, I think it's going to happen at some point, you know, and I do think. For those exact tournaments, yeah, it'd be better if everybody had a 22-foot boat and a 300. I think it would be better, be safer. They would handle the boat. They would handle the waves better and stuff like that. But you have to run the same boat all year. That's so if right. You run a 22-footer with a 300, and you're in a canal in Florida. Sometimes you can't even turn around. You got to back all the way out of one or something, you know. So that kind of stuff, you got to kind of play it at the right in the middle ground. You got to do us the best for all year. Like we have nine tournaments, so. You can't really fixate on one or the other, but I definitely do think in that big water, like a 22-foot boat with a bigger motor would definitely be a lot better. 
You got a nice list of sponsors that keep you on the water. Um, and I'm sure that the, that the roster of sponsors is growing as we speak. Tell us about a couple of them, if you don't mind. Yeah, so uh, I've got 13 Fishing, Sunline, Fuji, Striker, Untamed Tackle, Rapala, Shop Carls, Motor Guide, Gamakatsu. The biggest thing to me with a sponsor, I like for them to be extremely receptive to input because I really like tinkering and messing with stuff. And I'm just super fortunate with all the sponsors that I have is they want pros input back to improve products. And to me, that's more fun and more important than even the money. Like that's that's what I want to do is tinker and mess with stuff and improve things. And that's what we've been doing with rods, reel, jigs, line, baits, the troll motors, hard baits, everything we've been doing is just constantly trying to improve every single year. Uh, what third? You've got uh, thirteen as your rod sponsor. Yes, rods and reels, and rods they and re- came a long way. Is is that just is that spinning and uh, is that spinning and bait casting? Yes, it is. And then uh, they just came out with some new thirteen fishing spinning reels that I just got a bunch of me in for the northern swing that'll be out to the public very very soon. And we've been working on this drag system for well over a year now, and it's. It's finally ready, and it's going to be. Hopefully, it shows out big time up north. And that'll be interesting. That'll be definitely interesting. Well, they've they've come a long way. I, I I've been using their, uh, uh, I've been using their bait casting rods as of late, and they seem to perform very very well for me. I'll have to check that spinning stuff out. It's probably do more of that than anything else. Talk about uh, making people a better fisherman and giving them some tips. Uh, you claim, where did this go? Hang on, you claim to be a, uh, uh, very big follower of, uh, not follower, but a big practitioner of frog fishing. I love frog fishing. Uh, I'm not sure what percentage of the people do it right, but I know everybody could improve their frog fishing. What would you tell people to make them better at throwing frogs? So, you know, this is, it's hard to be absolute on frog fishing because even with, be, between pros, we have variances in our setups and lines and everything like that. But uh-huh. the thing, the thing to me, I use a little bit longer rod than most people. I use a seven foot six, but I'm a, I'm a little bit taller guy also, but I, I can still skip it really, really well. But I feel like with that little bit longer rod, you get a lot better hookups just because the rod's longer. Your line is at a different angle going to the actual bait when the fish eats it. And with a frog, they're always exceptionally shallow when they eat it, like a six inches deep under the water by yeah. the time you set you set the hooks. A longer rod gives you a better angle going actually to your bait and actually drives that hook more upwards because the rod is a little bit longer. So that increases hookups a ton. And then I tweak the hooks a little bit. But the biggest thing to me is I feel like I can tell a huge difference in hookups just between a seven foot three and a seven foot six rod. And it could just be anecdotal that I've had experiences that make me believe that. But I'll use a seven foot six frog rod forever. No, that's, anecd- that's just my setup. Anecdotal uh, counts counts for a lot because a lot of this stuff can't be measured uh, with with numbers. It's what happens right. on the water. The action tell, tells you what it is. Uh, I had somebody we were talking about uh, we we're talking about line, and uh, they said, "Well, I, I use a lot of uh, fluorocarbon." I I was like fifteen pound fluorocarbon, and I said, "Why?" And they said, "Well, I just took them all and." you know, took a piece and held it in between my two hands and pulled. 
And the one that was the hardest for me to break was the one I went after. I started buying it and then got a, got a sponsorship out of it. He's and they can show you uh, numbers and lab tests all day long on how strong it is. I want to know how, what it's like to break it with my hands. That tells me the whole story. You know what? I think that's good advice. Yep. No, it definitely is because confidence is everything. And as long as you think you're using the best thing for the application, you're going to fish it better than you would any other way. So confidence is everything in fishing. And a lot of it, even if it doesn't make a difference, if it makes a difference to you, it, it helps. Whose frogs do you prefer to use? I use a lot of different ones now. You know, the standard um, Spro popping frog, I use it a ton. I use the Terminator walking frogs, the little one a lot. I use a bunch of different frogs. It just kind of depends on the application. You know, like if you're if you're on a grass mat, you want something that's a good bit wider and doesn't have like a super deep V to it. Like so, some of the regular frogs have like a, a very deep keel to it. If you throw it on a grass mat, what it actually do is it actually lay on its side. It'll actually make the hooks foul up more on slime and stuff like that. Whereas if you're on a mat, you want to use something with a very flat, wide bottom because it sits true on the mat and it pushes more water. But if you're walking a frog, you want to have that keel. Like if you're in duckweed or something that it can still walk a little bit, you want to have that keel so it has really good action. So I have a ton of different frogs for a lot of different applications. And it just, it literally changes depending on the size of the bait that I'm fishing around, the type of cover. If I'm fishing over deeper water at all or open water, I really like a popping style a lot. It's just, there's just millions of different variables, it seems, to change the ones that I'm actually throwing. Makes sense to me. What a great answer. What a great interview. I am so glad we hooked up today. Kyle Welcher, Bassmaster Elite Pro. He's at the top of the list in Angler of the Year. Three more events to go. I know he's going to do well. Uh, he's got the confidence going for him. He's got the skills and ability going for him. There's no reason why this guy's got, this guy is not going to claim Angler of the Year. I can't wait to follow this and find out. Kyle Welcher, thank you very much for being with us. Just make me a promise that uh, after you nail that AOY, you'll... Take the time out to talk to us again. Absolutely. And thank you for having me today. And for sure, if I win that thing, I'll come right back on. Hey, man, Kyle Walcher, he is great. Thank you so much. Have a great time. Thank you. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast. I'd like to thank today's guests, Rick Battellini from Yellowbird, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, and... This guy is too cool for words. Kyle Welcher, Bassmaster Elite Angler. I'm the chase for Angler of the Year. Good luck to that young fella. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and fashion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. I'm Steve Sarley, here with Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing! I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, What's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit keepamericafishing.org and pledge to pitch it.